Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. LiquidChurch.com, living water for a thirsty world. All right, mothers are like God. Can we just clap for my mom? She worked really hard to, to make that video. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Let's hear it for the moms one more time. All right. All right. Good stuff. Well, I'm Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome everyone here, those of you listening downstairs, online, uh, all throughout the world, wherever you are, welcome to Liquid Church. And you know what? This is just perfect. This is just perfect because today, as we continue our Reasons to Believe series, though, though we won't be talking about mothers per se, we will be talking about the Holy Spirit, which is kind of like talking about Uncle Bob. Now, now stick with me here, okay? Uh, whether you call him Uncle Bob or maybe his name is Uncle Phil or Uncle Ted, everyone here, I'm pretty sure, has at least one of those slightly off, a little bit hard to understand family member, right? Uh, the one who always says or does something wildly inappropriate. Uh, the one who never fails to make every adult in the room go like this and the, every kid go like that. The family member who every time someone brings them up, you're like wondering, okay, whose side of the family is he on again? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. So some of you are shaking your heads. You're in acknowledgement. You know what I'm talking about. Others of you have like this blank stare, which kind of concerns me. You might be Uncle Bob. But anyways, <laughs> I'm kidding. Relax. I will say this. We're going to have some fun today. And we're talking about the three persons in the three persons of the Trinity. You got the Father, you got the Son, you got the, what is it? Holy Spirit, right? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The, the whole, uh, of those three persons, you'd have to agree that the Holy Spirit somehow, or, or the Holy Ghost, as some people uh, call him, the Holy Spirit somehow ends up with this sort of Uncle Bob-type status. I mean, everyone acknowledges that he's a family member. We all know that. But no one, no one really understands him, Right? Uh, now, why? Why, oh why, does the Holy Spirit get such a bad rap? I mean, he's the third member of God's family, a part of the Trinity. That is like a very exclusive club. Why is it that, that the Holy Spirit gets that kind of rap? Believers simply, you know, we, we, we wouldn't have any, any divine power in our lives without him. In fact, a couple of months ago, we saw in the book of Acts where, where Jesus says to his followers, but you will receive power, dunamis, it's the word for dynamite. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So, so if the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity and he gives us power, why, why all this negativity? Why, why all the bad press? And I'm starting to wonder, you know, could it be because... Maybe we get, we actually understand this, this whole God the Father thing because, because everyone here has a father or, or, or has had a father, right? We're not talking about whether he's been a good father or a bad father, but everyone here has had a father or has a father. Or maybe like me, you actually are a father. Now, we're, again, we're not talking about what kind of father, but, but we all understand this concept of a father. The, this idea of God the Father is not a difficult one for us to grasp, right? We, we get the human parallels, right? So the same holds true, actually, for Jesus Christ, the Son. I'm a son. 
you may have a son. Your son may have forgotten today's Mother's Day. I can't help that, but you still have a son, right? But a Holy Spirit, a Holy Ghost, sounds, sounds a little bit weird, doesn't it? Now, now why is that? Why do, why do many of us start getting a little bit tense, not with the Father, not with the Son, but with the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking maybe it's because we've all heard somewhere along life, we've all heard like that, that wacky story where, where people see things or, or say things or say that they see things or whatever it is. And it's like, uh, no, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't really like do that. I don't, I don't really get into that. Like I, I remember once this, this one man who, who said to me, he, he, he was so like tired after a long, hard day's work that um, he couldn't drive home. He, he had like an hour commute. So he literally, he told me that he got in his car, put the key in the ignition, and just was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm too tired, you just need to drive me home. And then he says that an hour later, he woke up with his car in his garage at home. Okay, uh, that's, you know, that's like really weird. Some of you thinking, yeah, I think I see that guy on my commute every morning, whatever, right? But whether you've heard or have had some wacky experiences and are skeptical, or maybe like me, you've always just sort of believed in the Holy Spirit by default because like, he's like all over the Bible, um, but never really wanted to get deep into it because things always seem to turn kind of, you know, you can misunderstand things. Wherever you are on the spectrum, today I'm hoping that we'll clear some things up as well as offer some real practical advice to help you fuse the power of the Holy Spirit into your life. And, and if you're sitting here, or downstairs or listening online and, and you're not a believer, you don't believe all this stuff, well, well then I hope that at the very least this will help take things out of that kind of weird environment, that weird realm and help illustrate to you actually a very important and amazingly beautiful aspect about every follower of Christ's life. Okay, And to help the, put the ball in motion, we need to first understand that that in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would just sort of touch upon a person, uh, man, or, man or woman, was just, whomever God wanted, the, the Spirit would touch upon them for a time to do God's work and then go somewhere else. See, the Spirit would come, the Spirit would go. The Spirit would come, the Spirit would go. The Spirit would come, the Spirit would go. And where He stops, nobody knows. You see, literally, in the Old Testament, the Spirit would drop down on one person, empower him or her to do the work of God, and then would leave. Take, for instance, David, right? Many of you know the story of David, right? God used him mightily, right? He, he stood up to Goliath when, when no one else would, and he actually defeated him. Right? He served as the king of Israel. It is actually written about him that he, had a, he, he was a man after God's own heart. Yet, it, it, it's no question that David was a man anointed by the Spirit of God. Yet, when David committed adultery, we see him crying out to God in Psalm 51, verse 10. Some of you have even memorized this. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence, or what? Take your Holy Spirit from me. Some of you actually even know the song that kind of goes to this, right? And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. I'll spare you the rest, okay? The point being, back in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was given to 
and taken from individuals at specific times. So the Spirit of God wasn't with everyone all the time. In other words, up to this point in God's story, the Spirit simply was not a daily part of anyone's life. But now check this out. Jesus comes along and he totally shakes things up like he always does. He comes along in the New Testament and and turn with me here to the Gospel of John, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 16 is on page 750 uh, in your Bibles. And I'm going to read here John chapter 16, verse 7. This is where Jesus is actually talking to those that believe him. They're following him. He's talking here to his disciples, verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, the, the, it's another word for the Holy Spirit, the source of wisdom and insight will not come to you. But if I go, I will send who? Him. Not it. I will send him to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Okay, so the, so the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, is actually a person. It is not like this Jedi-like force. It is a person. It's the third person of the Trinity. But I want to stop here and I want to ask you a question that you probably already asked yourself at one point in time or maybe, maybe you've heard this uh, question come up in a discussion. And that is, have you ever wished that you lived in the same day and age as Jesus Christ? Uh, think of the, the, the disciples and, and how they talked directly with God. They actually walked with God, breathed the same air as Him. They ate with Him. And I, I mean, wouldn't that just make believing Him, following Him, listening to Him, wouldn't that make things just so much easier? Apparently not. Because Jesus, who at that moment was limiting Himself to time and space, track with me on this, he's limiting himself to the realm of time and space. At that moment, Jesus actually tells those who believe him, hey, look, uh, I'm going to leave for your good. See, because unless I go, uh, the Holy Spirit won't won't come to you. But if I leave, I'm going to send this other person to you. In other words, at a time when everyone, think about this now, was clawing and inching their way to get just a little bit more face time with JC. Oh, you know, if he would just, if he would just touch me, if, if he would just look at me, if he would just come to my house and heal my daughter, if, if I could just touch his jacket, if, if we could just speak, if he would answer my emails, then everything would just be so Dandy, everything would be okay. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I've actually got a better way for you. I've, I've got something better. I'm going to send someone else. Who? The counselor. In, in Greek, it's the parakletos, the, the, someone to give you wisdom and insight. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to every single one of you who believes. The same Spirit that David got, that Moses got, that all those, I'm going to send them to you. So you won't have to shove your way and try to scramble for a seat near Jesus. Or even better, you don't have to hope for the winning ticket to the Old Testament lottery where you hit the Holy Spirit jackpot. No, none of that. Jesus is introducing here for the very first time the scandalous truth that every single person who believes has full access 
complete access to the power of God's own spirit. Same spirit that was on Moses, same spirit that was on David, same spirit that was on all those people in your life. Can, can you believe that? The Apostle Paul actually puts it like this later on when he's writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 13, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. See, no matter who you are, no matter what kind of life you've had, where you come from, Every person who trusts in, the, in Jesus Christ is filled with the person and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you the same way that Billy Graham does. Hey, the same way that even Timothy Paul Lucas does. You have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Don't take that for granted. When you stop to think about it, we take a lot for granted. Somebody's got to know how much electricity we'll need every hour of the 24. why we have a surfer dude's voice there sounds like mike Leahy. i don't know but anyways so right away right we've got these first two points number one the holy spirit is actually a person and number two the holy spirit is the power of god in every believer but you know what this actually raises the question right how come i don't always feel him then I mean, if, if I have access to this power of God, how come most of my days I can like barely get up out of bed, right? In fact, truth be told, many of us, myself included, rely more on caffeine than the Holy Spirit, right? America runs on what? The Holy Spirit? No, no. Dunkin' Donuts, right? So what's going on there? I mean, why don't I feel... Feel. I mean, and and not, it's not to say that we're talking that it's just all about feelings, but seriously, why don't I feel the power and the person of the Holy Spirit if, this, if, it's, if he's so real, what 
Let's actually take a sneak peek back at the Gospel of John. Turn with me back to the passage that we were just at to see what Jesus has to say about all this. It's on page 750 again. John chapter 16, verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. Verse 14. He will bring glory to me, By taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Now, now I just got a question here. How many of you have ever been to a baseball game at night? Or or any outdoor activity, any outdoor event for that matter, during the evening, right? See some hands? Awesome. Okay, good. I'm thinking like maybe, you know, a Yankee stadium, a, Yan- a Yankee game, or, or maybe even like Shakespeare in the Park. That's coming up soon, right? Okay, now, now just picture yourself sitting there, okay, your significant other, whomever, right? And, and let's say it's Yankee Stadium. Now, now what Jesus is saying here is, follow me, the, the Holy Spirit is like the lighting system surrounding Yankee Stadium, It's actually meant, he's actually, the purpose is to shine light onto the field so that all of your attention is on the game. You go to watch the game, right? Not not the lights, right? Your attention is on the field. The, The lights actually just help you see it. They help you watch it better. I mean, no one spends all that time and money and fighting through all the traffic and parking, right? To stare at the lights, right? So Christian theologian J.I. Packer actually puts it this way. He, he refers to this principle as the Holy Spirit's floodlight ministry in relation to the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, it's like this. Right here. This is like the Holy Spirit. Right? He, he illuminates. Right? You can see he, he, he shines and he helps you see. And without this, you, you can't see. And this is like the Holy Spirit. And this is the Holy Spirit on Jesus. I know. Is that, is that okay? Is that, is that, I hope this isn't like sacrilege for any of you. I just, it's an illustration. Right? Any questions? This is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit on Jesus. Right? That's what's going on. That's the ministry. So, so can the power of the Holy Spirit help you find your future spouse or, or make a difficult career decision? Of course, he, he can do all those things and more. But even more so, the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. He helps you see. Okay, He helps you see and follow and enjoy Christ where otherwise you would not and could not. Verse 14 again, the Holy Spirit will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Let me share with you how this actually played out in my life. Okay? I grew up, my childhood, I, I grew up in the church. I, I, I went to church even before I was born in my mother's womb. My dad is an elder for as long as I've known him, okay? And I went to church. I, I went through all the motions, all the rituals, etc. Et you know, Sunday school, Wednesday night, all that stuff. And I mistook, I, 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 had, I had mistaken religion for a relationship with God. 
So, so like many of you, maybe, you know, when I got to high school, I, I just kind of dumped God. And when I went to college, oh my God, I, I just went buck wild, right? And, and so in college, it was all about, my, my life was like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Actually, no, sex, drugs, and new wave, right? I, I, was, I was happy on the outside. I mean, if you saw me, you'd be, oh, Tom, that guy, he's a funny guy. He just loves life. He's always so happy. But on the inside, I would, just, I would always go home. I'd always be lying in bed. And I just felt like I was, I was dying. I, I just felt like just so lifeless, so depressed, right? And, and, and one, one, one day, I, I think it was, my soft, it was my sophomore year, my winter break, uh, winter break of college, I go back home, and my parents uh, were going to this church, this huge church, 2,000, like 2,000 people, something like that. Their youth group was like tremendous. It had like 300 kids in it. And basically, the youth pastor uh, knew that my dad was an elder, knew that I went to like a good school, and that like equated to him, oh, uh, son of an elder, good school, must be a good Christian. Hey, why don't you come teach our children, Right? Uh, why don't you, can you volunteer to help out on this youth group? And, and so I go there and, uh, you know, little does he know that I just like totally got wasted the night before. The only reason I'm going to this retreat thing is number one, it's free. Number two, maybe I can, you know, meet some new college girls, whatever, right? That's why I'm going. And, um, and so I go there and long story short, um, it was the first night and the preacher's preaching and all this stuff. And, and then after he preaches, you know, he has everyone like clear out the chairs, right? The lights are turned down. The band comes up and they're playing like this, probably, you know, that song that I was singing before, like this really like soft song, right? And there's all like these junior high, high school kids kneeling on the ground and crying out to the Lord, repenting of their sins. And, and I'm looking at this. I'm a teacher now. Right? I'm like, I'm supposed to be like this, okay? I'm this teach, and I'm seeing like these nine-year-old kids on their knees begging for the mercy of God, pleading for the blood of Christ. And I'm thinking to myself, what the heck does this nine-year-old have to repent about? Like stealing bubblegum? Like lying to his parents? Ooh, you bad boy. I just got wasted the night before. I'm like living this like totally hypocritical life. And I make a long story short, I just, I just, something just snapped inside of me. And I just, I just, I fell to the ground. And almost like this fetal-like position. And, and I started crying out for the mercy of God. For, 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 for Jesus' blood. And I, I start crying. I start repenting. You know, God, I'm such a hypocrite. What is, what is wrong with me? I, I, here I am. I'm like, I'm like living like this total hypocritical life. What the heck is going on? And all of a sudden, I start feeling like these hands on me. And what that was, was that those were like the, the, the youth pastor, the guest speaker, the other pastors, and like all the other volunteer teachers, like they start laying there and start praying for me. And like, this is extremely embarrassing. Because, like, there are, like, 300 kids, and, like, we're supposed to be there for them, but then, like, all, like, the spiritual authority figures are, like, are, like, surrounding me, like, praying for... But I didn't care. I mean, I was broken. And after that, I kid you, I, I got up from that, and, uh, you know, snot all over the place, crying. <laughs> I, 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 I am not kidding you. For the next 20 to 40 minutes, I can't really remember... All I could say was, 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord who was and is and is to come. That's all I kept repeating for the next 20 to 40 minutes. And mind you, I had no idea at the time that that came from the book of Revelation, where Revelation chapter 4, where the angels that surround God as he sits on his throne are bearing witness and singing this chorus, Holy, holy, holy is the name of the Lord who was and is and is to come. I had not read Revelation. I had no idea where that came from. I know where it came from, but I didn't know where that came from then. <laughs> Needless to say, that was like a, a life changer. I, uh, I went back to school a couple weeks later, spring semester, sophomore year, and a uh, funny thing happened. Um, uh, the old crew that I used to hang out with, you know, party with and go down to D.C. and clubs and all that stuff. The old crew, like, it's not that, it's not that I didn't, I actually love these guys. And they, they were my boys, but it, I couldn't hang out with them anymore. Not because of them, but because of me. I didn't, I didn't trust myself anymore. I didn't, I didn't trust myself in that lifestyle. The girls, the drinking, the partying, the whatever, whatever. And so, so like I, I found myself having to distance my, not because I'm holier than now, but just, I just, I, I couldn't take it. I, I couldn't. I couldn't handle that. And so they're all thinking, oh, yeah, Kang, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, holy, holy Moses now, you know, he's like all getting all holy on us and too good for us, you know. And, but the interesting thing is, like, the college, the college, the, the, the college campuses, I, I mean, the college, uh, what am I thinking of? The Christian campus ministries, right? Uh, like, like, the Christians on campus, they also wanted nothing to do with me. I learned years later that I was actually on a blacklist. This senior girl had, uh, had this freshman sister coming in, and she actually, her and her other Christian girlfriends, made like this blacklist of guys to stay away from. I was number two! <laughs> so like, I was shunned by like the Christian community, and I just, I, I was caught between these two worlds, and I kid you not, I mean, this is kind of, I think back at it now, and I'm just, kind of, it kind of breaks me up even now, but I, I remember just being so torn between these two worlds. Like, I, there would be like these large group meetings, like a, basically like a worship service during the middle of the week on Thursday. And basically, I would go there. They'd be worshiping and preaching. And I would sit on the, I wouldn't go in. I would just be on the outside listening so that I could hear the message, so that I could worship. But I wouldn't want to go in because I felt like everyone would be staring at me. And, 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 you know, basically, I, my life consisted of, for like the next year, all I would do is I would go to class, and I would run like straight back to my studio apartment, I would do my homework as fast as I could, so that for the rest of the day, all I could do was read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, and just occasionally to break it up, maybe I'd listen to Christian radio, maybe a sermon here or there on Christian radio and Christian books, that's all I would do, and that was like, I call that my honeymoon with Jesus, that was like the best year of my life life. And literally my life has never been the same since. Why? Because it was the power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit to finally get my attention and draw it to Jesus. And so Jesus, he's, he's not, he, it's not about religion. Jesus is, is this person who loves me incredibly 
Not a religious taskmaster who's, who's out to control me, but a Savior who wants to change my life forever by His power. Right? Which brings us to our last point, and that is, how can we experience more of the Holy Spirit? Okay, I, I'm so, I want more of this. I mean, I definitely want more of this illuminating effect, this, this direction and guidance He seems to give, this power and energy that the Spirit offers. But how? How? What does that actually look like day to day? I mean, am I just supposed to like, you know, like wake up, like, just like totally energized, like in front of the mirror, like, sweetie, what is wrong with you? Nothing. I'm just empowered by the Spirit and just waiting for my next set of instructions, you know. Should I brush my teeth or not, you know? Is, is that what it's... Is that what it's about? No, come on. I mean, I think the Bible actually offers us a reasonable approach to all of this. Turn with me to our last passage for the day, Galatians chapter 5. It's on page 810. And this is actually probably one of the most practical chapters about the Holy Spirit uh, and experiencing more of Him. But, but for right now, we'll just focus on what Paul says in these three verses. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. See, so so Paul is saying here, you've got this war, this battle, this conflict going on inside of you. Have you, have you ever felt like that? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? This, this something that is tearing you apart. But, but towards the end of this chapter, he actually offers the key to experiencing more of the Holy Spirit. Look with me towards the end of the chapter at verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. What does that mean? How do I keep in step with the Holy Spirit? Well, you know, it's, it's actually not as mystical or cryptic or confusing as you might think. Question, okay? How many of you here actually watch Dancing with the Stars? Come on, admit it, admit it, confess your sins. Some of you are grieving the Holy Spirit right now, okay? But seriously, dancing has a lot to do with keeping in step, right? To trust your, fo- your partner, to follow his lead, right? These are both very essential ingredients of any good dancer, right? Well, believe it or not, living by the Spirit, keeping in step, with the Holy Spirit is all about trusting and following. That's right. Keeping in step with the Spirit is a lot like learning how to dance. Hey, how's it going? Hi. I'm Tom. I'm here for my dance lesson. Oh, nice to meet you, Alyssa. All right. Good All right. Start. Let's uh, let's go. Okay. Oh, boy. So, have you ever danced before? Oh. I have a lot of experience in this. I got tons of experience. I I danced since I was a kid. You know, I wasn't voted best. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
Um, why don't you show me some of your moves? Some of my moves? Yeah, yeah. Well, I got moves. Just watch out. I don't want to hurt you. Mm -hmm. You ain't never seen nothing like this before, yeah, man. Yeah, never seen that before. I got, I got. Ooh. Oh, little, oh, little hip hop Yeah. I got this. Uh, watch out. Oh, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> okay. <sighs> All right, let's okay. go. Now right. we're gonna do following. Okay, ready? Just watch, just watch right, me. I'm watching. Yeah, ready? Twist, 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 jump, turn around. Now you try, you try. Let's twist. Twist, twist, twist jump, jump, and turn, turn around. Now you turn the wrong way. Twist, twist, jump, and turn around. Now follow my lead. Gotcha. Okay. okay. All right, here we go. It's, it's hard. I keep thinking about the you steps. Don't want to worry about the steps. No, this is where you feel it. Okay. It comes out from you. Don't think about it. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Okay. Feel it. Just got feel it. Feeling the floor. <laughs> feeling the floor. Good. 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 Oh, I can spin. Oh, I can spin like nobody's business. <laughs> good. Come into a ball. And then make an X. Trust. Trust. All right, okay. we're gonna trust. do a movement where you're gonna have to trust me. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna dip you. You're gonna dip me. Yeah. I, I could dip you. I could dip you instead. No, 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 no. See, I'm the professional, right? All right. You gotta yeah. trust me. Oh, all right. Okay. I'll, I know. I'm strong. Oh, I can do it. you're gonna dip me. Yeah, I'm gonna dip you. Dip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. You just gotta trust me. Okay. Ready? All right. Here we go. And circle in. And dip. <laughs> All right, see, I still don't think you trust me entirely. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we got to do another exercise to help you trust me. I, I, I trust you. I trust you, really. Right. really. Okay. So I'm going to get down like this, all, okay. right? all right? And we're going to do the Superman. I, I, can't, I can't do that. Yeah, you got to trust, trust me. I, no, I, I, I trust you. You're really nice and everything, but I can't. I, 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 uh, okay. okay. Here we go. Okay. That's it. You got it. You're <laughs> trusting me. Today. Thanks. <laughs>
All right, yeah. Okay. All right, what's frightening is I actually wasn't acting in any of that. That's like all real. Anyways, um, but anyways, let's read together again our, our memory verse for this week. It's verse 25 again. Verse 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. Everybody now, keep in step. Stomp your feet. Keep in step. Stomp your feet. Keep in step. Let's feel it. Keep in step. Come on now. Keep in step. Keep in step. All right. Awesome. Who says you can't dance in church, right? You see, the image Paul is going for here is to trust the Spirit as He leads you in life. Trust the Spirit as He leads you in life. Keep in step. There's actually a rhythm to all of this. It's all about trusting and following. Now, now, do you remember the, the image that the ancients had of the Trinity, right? This is from several weeks ago, but what, what was it called again? Perichoresis, right? God's circle dance of love. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all joined in this incredible dance. So, it's, so it should be no surprise that the Holy Spirit actually invites you to dance. Keep in step. Keep in step with the Spirit is actually an invitation to join God's dance. It's learning to trust and follow his lead. Not this religious list of do's and don'ts, but a dance where you follow his lead. Now, you know, for, for some of you, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, keep in step, paracaresses, the, the spirit inviting us into a dance. I mean, I mean, you're the type that probably TiVo's, you know, dancing with the stars every week, right? But yeah, you know, for others of us, it's like, uh, I don't know. We're not really into this whole dancing thing, right? I mean, and, and if you really have to know why, if you're going to push me on why I really don't, I'm not crazy about dancing, it's because, well, number one, I don't want to look stupid. Uh, so much for that. Uh, number two, we don't want to hurt anybody or get hurt. And number three, we don't want to look stupid, Right? So all the more, this whole keep in step, this paracaresses, this dance thing, doesn't really work for us when it comes to God. Because at least, you know, at least when you're dancing, think about this, at least when you're dancing, there's like, there's like music you can hear and feel. You may not be a good dancer, but you can still hear this music. You can still feel the beat, right? But not with God, right? It's like, if I'm going to follow God, uh, if, if I'm going to keep in step, I at least need to hear something loud and clear. I don't want any ambiguity or anything like that. I need to hear it loud and clear, right? I mean, how am I going to keep in step without a beat from God? What, what exactly am I listening for? Some of you might be thinking, if God, you know, if he would just give me some sort of clear sign, Something loud and clear, well then, yeah, of course I would follow God. I mean, that's how we think it's going to be, right? That's how we think we would act, that, that if he would just, you know, this, this whole spotlight thing, you know, just loud and clear. If he would just give us a spotlight, if, if he would just megaphone, you know, 
then, then this whole dancing thing, this whole keeping in step, is, 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 we would get it. But you know what? Dancing, keeping in step with the Spirit, it's way more nuanced than that. Check out this verse. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. This is in the Old Testament. You don't have to turn there. We've got it right here. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a what? A gentle whisper. When Elijah, the verse continues, when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. He heard the voice of God. Isn't that amazing? God was not in all of this big stuff, the, the wind and, and the earthquakes and all the, all the fireworks. Instead, he was in a gentle whisper. See, sometimes we expect God to, to speak to us in these big and powerful ways, you know, no-brainers, but, but, but the Spirit of God often guides us through a whisper, a quiet voice inside. No, no neon lights, no megaphones, just a whisper. The Holy Spirit is a person who gives us power often through a gentle prompting. He's not pushy. He's not overbearing. He won't force you to do anything. It's a person, it's a power, and there's a prompting, a gentle whisper. So I've got a question for you. When was the last time God's Spirit spoke to you. Some of you feel like, oh no, you know, God doesn't speak to me. God, God, would, God would never speak to me. I mean, why, why would he? Why would God speak to me? I mean, I'm, I'm not, it's not like a Moses or anything. I mean, when was the last time God spoke to you? See, the reality is, for some of you, it actually wasn't more than seven days ago. See, every week, many of you, well, you fill out one of these, right? It's connection cards, right? And uh, this is actually, this is the stack from last week, okay? Right here. And um, uh, every week, I, I can't help but be moved by the depth and sincerity of, of what many of you write in these things, these little prayer and comment sections right here, right? Uh, things like, some of you write things like, you know, for, for more courage to share your relationship with Jesus Christ with someone. And some of you ask for, for more wisdom and integrity to make some really difficult decisions. Uh, for the restoration of, of broken marriages and relationships, uh, for the ability to forgive. Some of you, actually, last week, some of you wrote uh, not only uh, that, that you would forgive, but that you would actually show grace on top of that to those who have actually abused you. 
And you know, it just, it just makes me stop and wonder, is it possible, is it possible that the Holy Spirit is already powerfully working inside of you? Could it be the case? Could it be the case that, that already God is powerfully prompting you, gently speaking to you, whispering to you your next real step? I think we have to ask ourselves that question. I think, I think we have to ask ourselves, how is God, I have no idea, I don't claim to know, but how is God prompting you today? What next step is he whispering to you right now? Would you just write it down? There's something about writing it down, something about identifying it and writing it down. No, no fireworks. How is he whispering to you right now? No, no neon lights. Just this gentle nudge from the Spirit of God who loves you. Maybe, maybe your next step is to put your trust in Jesus for the first time. To get involved with this relationship with Christ. To put down religion and, and, and accept this relationship with Christ. Maybe, maybe your next step is to celebrate your faith through baptism. Right? That's awesome. Beautiful. Right? Maybe it's to make a difficult decision, to, to initiate a difficult conversation, uh, to, to show some grace on someone. How is God whispering to you even now? Can you, can you identify that by writing it down and, and letting, letting all of us know so that we can partner with you in prayer? I mean, it's not like we get anything out of this. We want to partner what God is doing in your life, how he's speaking to you. I'm, I'm actually, take, take a second, I'm actually going to write mine down too. Just go ahead. And I, I know that God is speaking something to me right now. What is he whispering in your heart? Take a second to write that down. No fireworks, no fanfare. God is speaking to you through his Holy Spirit. And together, as a church, let's keep in step with his Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I think of the words of Paul to the Corinthian church that my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that our faith might not rest on man's wisdom but on God's power. Lord, you know, Tim and, and, and others, Lord, just so, so, so gifted, Lord, uh, with, with preaching and with teaching. But Father, ultimately, it's not, it's not about man's words. It's about your words. It's about your voice. It's about your Holy Spirit illuminating to us, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. It's about, it's about your spirit catching our attention. And a lot of times it's through brokenness. A lot of times it's through this and that. And just and pointing us, turning our gaze towards Jesus. 
That's what we're asking for more and more. Lord, I pray for every single person here, every family represented by every person here, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would truly do a work in each and every single one of us for your glory and for our benefit. In Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, to the Father we pray. Amen.